Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast, the best shows on TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And tonight we're hitting Preacher. This is the sixth episode, correct? You right. are. And it was called Sundowner, the motel. Was that right? That's it. Man, you, you're just nailing us on the head like we actually... Like we know what we're doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Six episodes in, we finally got this thing nailed down. <laughs> yeah, what do you call it? I, I guess I'm just a little off. We usually don't pod on Tuesday nights, so this is something a little different for us. So Yeah, everyone have a good fourth? Yeah, I did. Got some fireworks in. I don't know about y'all. I mean, I saw about as many as I need to for the next three years, so... <laughs> I was alright all I do is chase kids around and you know I don't yeah. get the same fulfillment as I used to as a young man so uh, who was the director on this one Guillermo Navarro Navarro I don't recognize him as a steady director I think he might have been on there before I don't know but anyway what's your thoughts man hit us up with this uh, absolutely stunned and loved the first 10% of this episode <laughs> Uh, I'm like, can we go ahead and agree that the openings of every episode are just magnificent? I mean, these are grand slams. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this on a show. You know what was even good about this, too? Is that it wasn't typical of the other five episodes. You know, that usually it's been something completely off the books, you know, or something way out of line. This is the first time you got, like, main characters involved in the first ten minutes. And so that and was kind of unique. Unique that it went literally directly from last episode? To this episode. Yeah, it's like the next second on television. I mean, they even repeated some of the things they said last episode. So, man, I just loved it. I loved it. But I will say, the rest of the episode did grind to a kind of slow pace. It did. It did. Um, But, you know, I didn't mind it so much because we had such a great opening. But I think the rest of the episode, I think they were really trying to build on some of our female characters and a few other characters. And, like, we really think about it. We focused on Tulip and Emily and Eugene. Those are the three people they really focused on for the episode. Yeah. After the first ten minutes. And so, I didn't mind it so much that you got a little bit. It was kind of unique to see Eugene and his setting and Emily not on the restroom for an episode. That was <laughs> that was a good good thing. I was waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, really. I was just waiting for her to take her belt off. You know what I mean? <laughs> just in mid-conversation. Oh, I just do this naturally. You know? Yeah. Um, Squatty potty. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I thought it was a strong episode. You know, I mean, yeah, it did kind of end up being more set up towards the end. But there wasn't any of that childish humor in this one. You know, some of that, you know, I've complained about it a little bit. There's been some things where it's just kind of overdone. It really, there was really none this episode. It was very serious. Even though the first 10 minutes was awesome, it was also hilarious awesome. You know what I mean? So, Oh, yeah. I mean, so that's the way I looked at it. And we're finally starting to see the consequences of uh, Genesis, I guess is what they're calling it and everything. So we're realizing how Preacher's becoming greedy with this power and everything and the negative effects it's having on him. Oh, yeah. yeah that's... He's almost cocky about it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yes. Uh, I don't think it's almost. I, I think he's full on cocky. I think it's uh, definite. His demeanor has changed quite a bit oh, from yeah. where we started. Yes. Um, it's like power hungry and... Well, he was unsure, not, no confidence, and hoping and drawing straws and asking people around him to, okay, now we're going to do this, and this is for the better of everybody, and that's God's will, and dang it, you ain't going to stop me. I'm going to save this whole damn town. Exactly. You know? yeah. My will is God's will at this point. Yeah, and exactly. You know, so um, that was, you know, you've definitely seen the character change over the arc within five or six episodes. Uh, which just leads me to believe that we're going to have a plummeting down of that, you know, eventually, which is going to be very curious. Yeah, I'm curious that we got 
We got a lot of the angel stuff this time. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the explanations. It was good. No, no, no. Fantastic. But I am curious if we're going to get the demon side. Because they said if either side finds out about Genesis, there'll be a war over it. You know, they both want it real bad. But they don't know it exists. So that's the two angels concerned. You know what I mean? Is the world finding out about Genesis? Well, well just um, heaven and hell finding out about it. Yeah, I don't see that happening anytime soon because if it did, then it would kind of become a different show. I really feel like, you know, what I loved about, loved about the 10 minutes is, is that you find out that your two custodian <laughs> <with that. laughs> um, are the ones that are wanted. You know, like the preacher was just in the mix. And, you know, they had their own one ad and all that stuff. Dude, kudos to this female actress who plays the, I guess, well, there was a special name for this type of angel that was I after I think it started with a J. You know, I can't remember exactly what it was called. Oh, I'm so upset that I didn't figure it, you know, remember, but it was like a, spe- like a special task force team, you know what I mean, or something. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. something, you know, a homegirl could play, you know. I mean, taking on three <laughs> jokers like it was nothing, you know. Okay, I love that they showed, like, how they come back. Just a flash of light, and there they yeah. come. Um, dude, this 10 minutes, first off, awesome kudos to the stunt director and the cinematographer. Yes. The closing out through the hole in the wall and stuff was awesome. Was the best scene, <laughs> bar none, I believe, was one of the best scenes of the entire series so far. Yeah. And then just, Cassidy, you hear Cassidy's voice over it. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, just. It was Subdue mother. her. Subdue her. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, but just how Cassidy even entered the room. I know, he just, just shoots her. You know? <laughs> right, right in the back of the head. Yeah, he's like, like you know, oh, no, you. don't kill her. <laughs> thank you, will be suffice. You know? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You know, uh, and matter of fact, if I think, if I see it right, Cassidy gives the subduing blow or punches her through a piece of tile on the wall, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, this was so awesome. It was, man. Just killing them left and right. Are you dying? No. no. Tack hammer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what'd you do you that for? The dent in his head and everything, and then hit a flash in the closet, and there he is again. He's holding an iron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the aftermath. We have like forty bodies stacked in this oh, room. I know it. Great special effects. That, you know, they're like stepping over yeah. old bodies everywhere. Just it's all like, laid out differently. Some standing. How do you cover that up? When there's 40 of the same thing on the ground. Just light a fire. I mean, I mean, I there's 40 skeletons and they're all the same DNA. Okay. <laughs> you know? You can only do so much. I don't care. It was, it was it was awesome. Like you said, just seeing the fight scene through the hole, you know, and the whole nine yards. And just coming. Oh. And they slow played it. Did they not? Yeah. I mean, she goes back, gets the keys and all that stuff. He walks up to the door. No, that must be the towels. <laughs> it's not. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> Immediate bullet shot. I, I just, I love the pace, man. It was yeah. so fun. <clears throat> I was really hoping one of them would just like be coming out from real far away because they said you'd never know where you're going to end up. So I was hoping like one was outside in the parking lot and just came sprinting through or yeah. something like that. But I mean, we were worried because an angel hadn't been killed yet. You know, we're missing the Kenny. We got them all in one episode. Oh my gosh! I was thinking straight, thinking that the whole time. I was like, "Cash is talking about let's kill Kenny every episode." <laughs> this is like that on crack, you know. I mean, it was heaven. It was. <laughs> yeah, I, to me, that was pretty freaking epic, you know. And favorite 
scene of the series. Yes. Yeah. By bar none. You know, yeah, I think that's, so. I think that's what made the episode good for me because like I could go back and watch the first ten minutes like five times in a row. You yeah. know? <laughs> and then, like even the end of it, he comes out with the chainsaw. There's blood all over the back wall, just splattering, and you hear the chainsaw revving. Oh, love yeah. it. I mean. I, and that's another thing. That guy has always been kind of a unique character like that. Mm-hmm. I actually, He actually stepped into a very likable character this episode. He's always the one that's like, nick of time, tackling her. And, yeah. You know, knocking her out. Did and, anybody expect the whole deal of them going out there and just start kicking the shit out of this woman? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at her going, what in these? <laughs> you know? I loved it though, because it messes with your like inner monologue, you know, your morality. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, that's that's bad. Yeah, you know you can't root for these guys, and then obviously she's a badass and yeah, can handle yeah. her business. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just love it. I love uh, and Dominus Cooper's face is like when he blows her head off, you know, <laughs> right through her forehead, and he's like, "Did this just happen? What, what was that?" You know, put her in the trunk. Yeah, Cassie was like, "Oh, more clones! I don't know what to do with all of them." But, I mean, it was an interesting take on, I don't know if you want to call them immortals or not, but just how a fear of death, you know, implemented into fighting, it was interesting to see, because they weren't scared to die or anything, and you're actually trying to keep them alive. Right. And so it was an interesting take on it. The, do you think it was strange that Homegirl did not, you know, there was that long pause of the gun at Preacher, you know what I mean? I thought that was kind of strange. Like, he was talking to her, and he didn't use his powers, his nothing. I don't know, because are there rules as far as them killing just non-angels? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking, is that, you know, she put the gun on him, but... Maybe there's like a rules of engagement type yeah, of deal. Uh, you don't kill you humans know. or innocents or whatever. Right. And he's literally wearing... Preacher's outfit. <laughs> yeah, really. He's got the cl- you know, he's got the cloth. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, um, but I did like it. He's like, you'll have to look away to answer the phone. He's like, you know, he's right on top of it. I love seeing them, you know, not shy away from the fact that preacher can fight. Oh, yeah, and hold his own. He was a person who could handle himself. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, it, 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 that that's always been good, and they've done a good job of really intertwining that into the story. You know, here and there. And so, and I, I like it when they come back to it. Because, I mean, you know, like the episode where he made, what's his name, broke his arm. I'm going to make you have a, you know, a noise. Bunny sound. Yeah, bunny sound. All that kind of stuff. I mean, all that, that was good parts of the episodes. Oh, yeah. And so, um, but then again, like I said before, the, the episode kind of really focuses on your auxiliary characters. You know, Tulip and um It's Emily. another terrible opening for Tulip for me. But, I mean, she did end up becoming better towards the end. But just how she railroaded in. Stay away from my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like, why come back? Angsty to that? teen drama style, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you, man. When is she going to come back to reality of who she was supposed to be? You, you open this character this one way, and we've got nowhere near it ever again. Well, she's just not her confident self around preacher when she was, you know in the car and shooting down helicopters and stuff. She's just like ultra confident, but around him, she's like super anxious and, you know, like makes rash decisions. And I'll be honest, her and Emily are weird as shit to me. Yes. I mean, the way Emily acts is strange too. Uh, I don't understand them. <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, is that 
I don't understand where the writing and their, their stylized is going. I, I do appreciate the the actors that are cast for it. I think they fit what is, you know, like Tulip does not fit the demographic in any shape, form, in personality, look, appearance, and how she holds herself or anything for the entire town. So that makes sense to me for what kind of character. Emily fits to her, a T. To a T, to the uniqueness of this town. You know, and... It's she all, has I mean, some I think, weird moments. She she really does. Well, some of her death stares, you know, just you know, blow my mind. You know, but she's an attractive woman, and I mean, it, you know, it's it's not far fetched or anything else. I mean, it's I don't know if it's just a real real weird way of having two women who are trying to court the same guy, but their own unique way. I don't know. I mean, they're making her like a strange, desperate housewife type of, where you know she like. She's good with the kids, good with the kids. All of a sudden, freak out. What? You know, she's a great mom until snapping iPod. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like and she it, has a, a switch, you know. They both have that firecracker temper just out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, soon they're going to have to face the consequences of the te- temper. I mean, Tulip has to a degree because she ended up killing Cassidy, who happened to be a vampire. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, eventually... These consequences are going to stick. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, speaking of Cassidy, something I was kind of curious about is, you know, we've learned a lot about every character, including Cassidy, but why does Preacher not know more about Cassidy himself? I just don't think he believes it. I mean, Cassidy told him. Just Preacher was in the state of mind to believe that he was actually a 119-year-old vampire and just thinks he's a little bit off and goofy. I'm kind of surprised we haven't had something to show, especially since we've gone into the angel-demon realm now and we have, you know, concrete evidence. Okay, yes, we know the supernatural is real, that he hasn't shown him, hey, look at my hand on fire because of sunlight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead, he's just viewed as a weirdo out there in a Raiden outfit, you know, in the sun, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised we haven't got even a flashback scene of some of Cassidy's past, even. Um, but I think he knows. I think he believes he's a vampire. I think he. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I think he's. Well, like even if I remember correctly, the angels were a little taken aback when Cassidy said that he was a vampire. Almost like they weren't prepared to hear about that. Right. Like I think the only person who even has a you know any inclination, of course, is Tulip because she saw firsthand that you know he had a mortal death wound in his neck <laughs> and he drank a little blood and he's completely okay yeah, and he's just sitting so, I mean, there and he, and he gave her the explanation of you know the whole nine yards so that I'm kind of surprised Preacher hasn't gotten that yet or is that going to be a problem because you know okay well if you're a man of God you're definitely probably going to consider a vampire the abomination of God so they shouldn't be together so I mean could that be the potential here I don't think so. I don't um, see any way of them separating Preacher and Cassidy. I mean, well, me knowing the comic books, they're, they're you know, two's a tango, or what you want to call it. You yeah. Know? So, uh, I'm just kind of surprised that hasn't been more of a, something that's popped up, especially where we are now. It, I mean, you see the first wedge this episode. Tulip. I mean, you've never seen Cassidy's face like that when he's behind the door. Just completely downtrodden. And they just, yeah, they pan right in on him, and he's like, well, you know, he looks sad, you know, and yeah. surprised. So, ah, obviously they're going to drive a wedge between them two to have issues. So Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. Well, homeboy Eugene. Now, 
this is the first time we see him in public. You know, this is the first time at school. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, you know, of course, his locker has dye on it. And then, of course, his seat in the cafeteria <laughs> has his own name on it. And, I mean, it's just um, – now, when I was – when he – I didn't get the vibe that Preacher had told the community to accept him. I thought it was him. just the woman. I thought it was just the woman. And so, to see these kids come up to him and say, Hey, Eugene, hey, da, 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 Let's come da, hang out and stuff. Let's I had a hang big out stuff. I was kind of like, okay, this is like a stand-by-me moment where he's going to be the kid dead at the train tracks. You know what I mean? Or, you know, and I was just like, the fireworks and all that stuff. I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I, yeah. It did not register with me. If anything, it was a miss for me. Like, what I was saying last week... It, Preacher was attacking the root of the problem. I wasn't expecting it to kind of explode like it did this episode, where everyone's like, "Oh, we're best friends," you know. Come sit down, eat lunch with us. And I was yeah, just like, "I mean, just because a woman says I forgive you, I don't see the town going." Oh, okay. We all love you now. I can I handle your. the town. We only see three kids and being nice to them. That's a lot uh-huh. of kids compared to where it was. Considering my current expertise, I'm going to tell you that is just not <laughs> something that I would say. That's like 30% very percent of the town. I understand. I'm just saying this could all come back as some plot just to set him up for something horrible, you know? Well, uh, I don't think Eugene's going to be going anywhere more horrible than where he's at. Yeah, really. I think he's Agreed. kind of sitting at the... <laughs> he got the, the stinkiest part of the stick, if you know what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, is that... Do you think it's literal? Like, that's... Well, you know, that that was something else that bothered me about the episode. Is that... How did... Genesis, I thought, was something of controlling a free will. I didn't think by you stating that it becomes reality. Yeah, because... You know what I mean? Like, like, see, I want a million dollars, and it just magically appear. You know what I mean? If, if you have that kind of ability... That felt like a big jump. It really did. That was using. a huge leap. Almost a bridge too far for me. But do we know that that's what happened for sure? I mean, it's... Well, that's kind of the way they left you. It's the way it looks. I agree with you. I totally agree. But... Well, I mean, you... That's not the end of his character. You know? No. No, but no. I mean, it brings up, you know, you were just asking about, are we going to see more of the demons? Do we think that possibly the demons came up and just dragged him down? Uh, I think it's the opposite. I think you were on the right leg. I think that by sending him down there, it's like a red flag of how did you just get here? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're probably he's probably going to pull him back in the next episode, thus giving you the clue of somebody's got the ability to send someone to hell and pull him back just by whatever. And that could be the red flag of seeing the other side. So we think that he somehow sent him down to hell. Well, that's what it sure made me feel like. That's what it looks like to me. I mean, that's what it looks like, but I mean, like you're saying, like it's just such a vast difference from what the power that we've seen. I'm not sure how he was able to do it. That's the part that's not plausible to me. You know, for them to say that, you know, it's like a control of power. Well, don't get me wrong now. Here's the thing. They've never said the limitations of what the power of Genesis no. is. We've just perceived it as... You know, you, you can you power can change persuasion, power of persuasion, children. You know, but the angel said the most powerful being in the universe. So, it could, it's possible it could do whatever the hell it wants. Yeah, you know, because everybody takes the literal translation of what he tells them to do. Yeah, well, also but like I just don't see how you take that literal translation. I guess well, here's it, the deal too: is that we also learned this is a a baby form of it, so it's not mature or anything else, you know. And so him getting so angry and saying "Go to hell," da, 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 
you know, you, you think about the, you know, if you have small children, you think about how they interpret things so literally. Yeah. You know, so I mean, there's a lot, it's a big window and you're having to fill it in with your imagination of where this is going to go. Um, I just kind of felt like it was such a heavy leap. It was pretty heavy. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't but my I'll favorite. I'll be honest part. with you, I did like Eugene's conversation leading up to it though. Fantastic. I, now that's something I did like is that he was like, you know, people should have the right to choose and people should have this and, you know, I don't want this. I, you know, I shouldn't be forgiven and, you know, that's the person. I don't want to be happy. Right. And so, um, that stuff was, was ringing true for me. I, I, I liked all of that. I don't know about y'all, but I thought it was on the money. No, I thought it was great. I mean, and this guy emoting with this prosthetic on his face, stuff like that, does a damn good job. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, I, I hope to see him again, like, real soon in the next episode, even. You know what I mean? I don't want to miss out on that character. Yes. No, because, um, I mean, he keeps it moving forward, really. I mean, he's kind of like the audience surrogate a little bit. You know, he's kind of in the middle of everything. You know, it seems like. He kind of has like the feel of the town, and I don't know. He just kind of. It seems like he's possibly involved in many situations that could happen. Yeah, he's the intertwined between a lot of different things. Going back to the power strength, I mean, if this is the capabilities of the power, then what is there to stop anything that could stop that? I mean, realistically, just getting your voice your own, heard. Only your self judge, only your self judgment could stop something like that, or of course, God. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean. Maybe. This says most powerful. Genesis is the most powerful being in the universe. So, I, I, we don't know yet. We just don't know. There's not enough information just yet. Yeah. You know, what? I mean, what do you think about, they showed the mayor quite a bit. I was a little disappointed. I didn't see Ken Cannon this episode. Yeah, he was absent this episode. Um, they and showed his, the, and his right-hand man that doesn't have a right hand wasn't in the episode either. The strange scene of... What do you think about the mayor looking at the three different pairs of khakis in his hotel room? I didn't understand it. I thought it was going to be some weird reference to, like, he shit his pants when those guys were shot in the office, but... I don't know. All I got out of it was is that that's the boring and vagueness of his life in this town is what I got out of that scene, is that this is the most important decision I make every day is which pair of khaki pants I put on. Which pair of the same exact pair of pants do I put on? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I felt like. Or, how you know, like, how do you even put your pants on after what you just witnessed? You know what I mean? Something of that nature. Maybe, maybe he looked like a man conflicted. You know? Well, yeah, well, obviously, and he comes to see I mean, Preacher. Yeah, he comes to see Preacher and, and so on. Now, he brought up the point of, you know, doing nothing or doing something, and it'd be worse. What do you think he means by that? Maybe. Well, I think it means... Obviously, he's talking about doing the fire job on the car accident, you know. Yeah. He's like, do something really bad. That's that. All right. But doing nothing, he said, would be worse. So I don't know what that means. See, I was conflicted about this as well. Because you could actually flip the coin on that as well. Say he was talking about trying to do the right thing. Of saying, well, he just, killed, yeah, he just killed five people. You know, or whatever. You could say that was an argument for yeah. one of the things he was conflicted with trying to do. I thought he was talking about either helping King Cannon and covering up the bodies like he ended up doing, or going to the police on him and trying to get an investigation or something going on him. Being Which could worse. end up being worse for him yeah. because the police are, you know. 
King Cannon. Po- probably in King Cannon pockets. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, it, it could go a multitude of different ways with that conversation. So I wasn't clear, you know, or you want to like clear as mud, on where his mindset was with each one of those phases he was talking about. Well, I mean, I don't even think we're clear with what the mayor is in this show really right now. He is nothing more than a figurehead. Yeah, I mean, that and a booty call for Emily. Well, so are we supposed to concur that he is possibly the dad of the kids? Oh. We still have never seen a dad, have we? That's what I'm getting at. We've never had a conclusion or who. And the kids are semi-young. I feel like they're like I'm thinking less than seven. I was going to say seven. So, so I mean, are we to think Miles is possibly Daddy-O? Or Daddy-O's gone and this is just the... I would no. think Daddy-O's gone. I think this is Miles trying to slide into a... You know, a situation where the, he knows the dad's gone. You know what I mean? Try to take advantage. Okay. That'd be a weird booty call. Well, it works. Small town, you know? Yeah. He's so weird. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah he is a different uh, bird. Yeah, I, like socially awkward and strange. Yes. Uh, yes. How did he become mayor? Like, I mean, is that really what they had working with him? I think everybody knows that, you know, who's really in control of the town. And so it's just somebody to have up there. If anything, Kincaid probably told people this is who a mayor is just to have somebody who's in control. So, I mean, I've seen, you know, you've seen that in 40 different movies of, you know, the guy's there just because he's, you know, in somebody's pocket. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. Puppet. <clears throat> exactly. Just a, uh, an absolute puppet. So, um, I can definitely see that being part of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, cool special effects on the bodies in the car, in the car though. Oh, well done. <clears throat> but I'm calling straight BS if anybody can't notice the gaping holes in their chest from a, sh- from a shotgun blast. What? No. That Are was covered up me? by a I toasty. Mean, did you see the scenes from last episode? It shows them all getting <laughs> mowed down again. Slugged through the chest. <clears throat> oh, my Lord. I mean. <sighs> then the guy still brutal. going through that door. I was like, he's not going to do it. Oh, yep, he went yeah. through it again. <sighs> Worst decision. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh man! Like if he didn't hear those shotgun shells, like what was going on in that? Bathroom? Okay, we've we, we beaten that point to death. Oh, yes, nah. there's, there's no doubt there. But um, yeah, and look, and it didn't look like there was two or three police officers there. It didn't look like uh, our Barney Fife guy from the town. So that's what's kind of like. Hmm. Well, it made it seem like it was out of town. Like uh, yeah, it looked like it was pushed like into the desert area. You well, know. then why was Miles there making the phone call? Because they were. He wanted to let him know they because the he said the, the police usually do this, but I yeah. felt like I should let you know. Yeah. Blah blah blah. He's like, well, I'm at the crash site, you know. I'm, yeah, that makes you feel like it's in town. So you know, you just never know. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, if something's worse, you make you think that Ken Cannon, like, is the only thing that keeps the town together. You know what I mean? The only money that's there. So maybe he was talking about like if I were to bring Ken Cannon down, the whole town dies. That's true. That's another angle. I yeah. mean, absolutely. You know, there's, there's so many different ways you can uh, look at that. Were either one of y'all disappointed we did not get the old Western scene? No. <laughs> no, because they had an awesome yeah, opener. I mean, yeah. And don't beat it to death. You know, I like it when it surprises me. Yeah. I got to be honest with you now. I, I love the rat water. Come back. I'm ready to see this guy come in here and clean the town up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think next episode we get another rat water. Do sequence. you think we get a rat water? Or I'm thinking we get something with Cassidy. I think we're getting a little bit of his backstory for some reason. I don't know. I think they've already done two rat water episodes and we're on number six. I think we won't get it next episode, but maybe this episode after that. I'm thinking like Because they're skipping every two yeah. episodes, they're hitting rat water. So far. Nah, we'll see. 
you know, Man. something to look forward to. Yeah, something to lick your chops. There's no doubt about that, <laughs> and so on. But uh, you know, that was kind of the episode to me. I don't, I can't really think of yeah. anything that was pretty key. You know, I mean, good I mean Tulip going Tulip in there, super gluing this art project. Wow, we're, we're past all that, but. Uh, I like the scene with Cassidy and Preacher when they're just in their underwear talking about their tattoos and stuff like that. That was good. Uh, We learned he has tulip on his shoulder. Um, And Cassidy learns, oh, you're his tulip. Well, it was just interesting that he had never heard her name being tulip yet until they were in that room together. Uh, Yeah, maybe so. I don't remember. Yeah, I didn't put a lot of stock in that. Yeah, I just like them too interacting anytime. Well, anytime they're on their own screen, it's just like we said before. If Cassie's involved, usually it's just it's adding more, it's extra layer of cake. You know, I mean, it's just more charisma, more excitement. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just think about screen. the opening scene. It got even better when he walks in, just go ahead and shoots <laughs> her, and be like, yeah, "You can thank me." Yeah. But it, but strangely, he is the voice of reason too. He's the one trying in a to very tell, weird way. He's the one trying to tell preacher, man, this is a mistake. You shouldn't be doing this. Let's just get rid of it, be done with it, you know. And Preacher's like, like, no, it's my power. I get to do what I want with it. Who are you yeah. to tell me? Yeah, that he said, cockiness. He said, God doesn't make mistakes. He says, okay, maybe that's true, but Man people does. do. Yeah, you know? people are darn good at it, you know. Yeah, um, so, you know, oddly enough, this maniac, vampire, drug addict, lunatic, is the voice of reason slightly. Yes, yes. Which is awesome that they it are really able to do is. that in a show. I mean, he... To me, you know, in the beginning, he made the show for me, you know, but now the other characters are definitely getting into the fold. And, but having him is what keeps the show grounded, you know, to a point. To make He's it. the glue guy. Yeah. So, I mean, you pull him from the show, I think this show goes down very fast. Well, definitely dramatically, you know, less of a show because yes. he is fantastic. So. He really is. He really is. Um, <clears throat> Guys, if y'all think of some other stuff y'all like or think or we missed or we're off base or you're, we're absolutely on point, hit us up on uh, Facebook or Twitter or wherever. You know, we, we're, we got, we're all over the place. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you got a chance to subscribe or hit us with a positive review, we'd love that too. Uh, but before we go tonight, I want to pimp us a little bit. We've uh, got some good news. Uh, we're growing again. Uh, we're adding another host, uh, a female this time. Pretty excited about it. And she's a very pretty young lady, very intelligent, very, I have no idea why she's with us. Um, <laughs> but she is, and we're pretty excited. And her and Cash are getting together and doing a new pod. And what's that pod on, Cash? Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. So uh, have y'all uh, recorded your first one yet? We've. Uh, it's another Netflix one, so we've got the one through three breakdown done, getting ready to release that. Sweet, sweet. So if y'all are listening in... Y'all need to check that out. Uh, I think it'll be if this if you're listening to this, it'll probably be out as well. Yep. And so uh, give it a shot. And let us know what you think on it as well. Um, you know, like I said, you can hit any of us on Facebook, you know, uh, on Twitter, whatever. We'd love to hear what you thought, your comments on, um, or other show ideas possibly. Yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, why don't you introduce your host? That's what I wanted you to do. Uh, her name is Larissa Garcia Bab. Yeah. And recently graduated from college and everything she's a director script supervisor pretty much anything in film that she yes. can get her hands somebody on. somebody who has actual credits yeah about that you know <laughs> instead of us three hobos <laughs> <laughs> yes uh working on some pretty big stuff does some things i mean we we are super pumped to have her super pumped to have y'all doing another show 
Um, and you just know, get another perspective out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And I've already listened to y'all's first show before we even produced it, and it's it's uh, it's pretty epic. I, I can't wait. You know, it's just good to have another really really good opinion who is strong and speaks her opinion in mind and so on. And I think a lot of people are going to appreciate it. Oh yeah. Plus, I'm gonna be honest with you, just to have a good female on the show is going to be <laughs> just epic for us. I think so. Other than that, I mean, there it is what it is. But y'all check that out as well. Um, and like Jake said, if there's some new shows coming down the road y'all want to check out, we've noticed there's some new ones. Like, uh, I think, uh, what's that, Westworld and a few others that are maybe coming down the road. We've got some uh, hits on Facebook on some shows coming out or ones that are current. Y'all let us know. Um, we're kind of in a, a, a dry patch right now a little bit, and we've got some things coming up soon. But we're always looking forward to the future and adding more. So, like I said, just hit us up. Let us know. Maybe we can work it out. But uh, other than that, guys, that's the night. And uh, this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. We'll see you all next week.